You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Morning, everyone. Y'all having fun yet? Always like that. Hey, I went to a race Friday night. Yes, I did. I used to, go, I used to race go-karts on Saturday night, and then God called me to preach. I had to give that up. So sad. So sad. So I was there. We, uh, I, I race. Uh, I race. Does anybody, if y'all care, just act like you care for a minute. Okay. I do iRacing online, and I get to race all these different kinds of cars, and I love the Legends cars. So I, I have most fun in there, and uh, it's just me and... What, and all these tracks are amazing stuff. So I got to watch Legends Friday night. Uh, they were so cute. Lynn said they were cute. And I'm like, they're not cute. Okay, we don't do cute. Okay, guys, don't do that cute thing. So I got to watch that. And uh, we all in the stands. And what was really interesting, I was watching. They, the kids were coming around. They had numbers painted on their faces, like the people they were pulling for. I thought that was really cute, that kind of thing. So I got to watch race after race. And they'd always interview the winner. In the winter circle, I don't remember ever doing that. I don't know what I'd say. Then they thank everybody. You know how you do on TV? You thank everybody. I like to thank all my, my sponsors, you know, whatever that is. I mean, you know, it could be a mom or a dad, you know, kind of thing. So they would do that, and they do the second place guy. So one of the things I was watching, I was thinking, is kind of what we're going to do today. We're, you've had these people that are watching us, and I'm going to read the verse to you in a minute. And, we're, and they're pulling for us, and they want us to win and keep running and that kind of thing. That's called running with the giants. And so what's really interesting is we get to interview a couple of them. We did Samson last week, and we're going to go to Rahab this week. And we'll let you know. If you don't know about Rahab, I'll just go ahead. I'm going to say some shocking things maybe today, maybe a little bit. Uh, Rahab was a prostitute, okay? So if you don't know what that is, just Google it, and they'll tell you. That's not probably a good thing for, uh, you know. I, see, I don't know what you think's bad or good. This is something we're going to talk about <clears throat> as we get into this. You know, what we think's bad, you know, you know, smoking and drinking and chewing and hanging out with girls that you shouldn't be hanging out with, all these things, or hanging out with guys, the bad this and the bad. I don't know what you think's bad. And what's really interesting is I don't know if we really know how God thinks about what's bad. Because it looks like there's a book called The Bad Girls of the Bible. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, there are a lot of them, and there's bad guys in there. It seems like everybody that wasn't supposed to be used was used. Does that make sense? It's really strange how this works. Everybody that was not what we would say, okay, God's not going to use them, uh, he actually does use them. And they're in the stands. So if you can imagine this grandstand, uh, just say, let's, let's go Death Valley okay, or wherever you want to go, 80,000 people, you're on the track running around, and we have all these people sitting in the stands. We have all these people that have gone before us, all the greats, they call them the ancients in the Bible, the ancients, all these people like Abraham and David, and now we talked about Samson last week, all these people are there, and they're pulling you on, your mom's and dad, and they got their name, your name painted on their faces. Wouldn't that be cool? Keep going, Eddie. Keep going, Eddie. Of course, you'd have Brian over here and Alan up there. We'd have, if you got too many kids, you just can't do it. Okay, just letting you know. 
But the idea is, how do you keep running? And do we know what we're running for and how this thing is going to work? So this is kind of what we're going to do. We're going to pull Rahab. If Rahab, I said, Rahab, please come down. Everybody would be screaming and hollering. She'd be walking in, that kind of thing. The, the other thing I had to think about is when I look in the stands, just thinking like this, would you let your kids sit with any of them? There's a thought there. You got the Samson, who was the male prostitute, of course we got that. And we're going to do a female prostitute today. This is interesting. Then you got David, King David, who was murdered in adultery. You got that. Then you got Paul on the other side who murdered all the Christians. I'm just not sure who we can sit with. You see how this works? And then you, you say, hold on a minute. So God used those people? Absolutely. Maybe we're missing something. It's really a cool story today. I love to tell these stories. Oh, and my daughter, when she was growing up, we would, I would always get into this. The best one, I'll tell you real quick, was um, Jezebel's daughter. If you don't know who Jezebel is, not a good girl. So if you've ever been called a Jezebel, it's pretty bad. You got that? But what was really interesting, her daughter was Athelia. Athelia was worse than Jezebel. That, and my, my, my thought was, here's how I do it. I say, Athelia will kill you. And that's how it worked. And she murdered everybody. She murdered her grandkids and everybody. It was amazing. And what I'm telling you that is it got down this thing we're going to talk about, the lineage and how we're getting to Bethlehem. It got down to one kid. Your whole thing, your whole life, the way that you live right now, even being in church, got down to one kid that was being hidden in a temple because Athelia would never go to church. That is for sure. So here we are, we have these people, these greats are in the, in the stands, and they're pulling for us. He said, there's a great crowd, think about this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything, in other words, throw off anything that's going to slow you down, that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. A couple of things here. Uh, there is a race marked out for you. You are here to make a difference in other people's lives. It is all about people. Let me get that out front. This is all about people. God loves sinners and he loves the saints. He loves people, none more than others. He loves people. And what he's trying to do after where we are today, where we are on this side, other side of the cross, he's trying to move more people to Jesus Christ. He's trying to get people to find him. And there's so many different stories going on there's so many things, and so many people I get to talk to, they say, well, you just don't know how bad I am. And then that's just, that's just like you're a candidate to be used by God. God needs your story. But a lot of times, a lot of people don't believe that God can use them. So the idea when I was watching this race is that uh, they got to keep going. Don't let anything hinder you. Try to, there's a weight class. You don't want to have more, you don't need to carry more than you need to. So you need to figure that out. And some of you are being hindered by some things, could be religious things, could be religious thoughts, because we somehow, once we accept Jesus Christ, I don't know what, why we do this, but once we accept Jesus Christ, we just stop hanging with sinners. You ever notice that? We just, we just stop. And you know, I understand if they're, you know, you got to be careful who you hang out with, because Samson taught us that one. And you got to be careful. If you're a drug addict, you don't want to hang out with it. And you got over it, you don't want to be hanging out with drug addicts. You got to be careful. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes in our brain, we think, we see people. So what do you think about a prostitute? Are they less than you? You see, this is what I'm saying. And why aren't prostitutes coming to Marathon? Is nobody invited them? 
I'm just asking some hard questions because God went to the house of a prostitute in this story, which is just, that, is that shocking to you? And I'm amazed at all the things. So I'm trying to figure out, is it people who want God, or maybe we see people differently because we are Christian. Maybe we think, well, you drink, you smoke, you chew, and you hang out with girls who do. Maybe I shouldn't talk to you. I'm amazed at that. Is that how God thinks? That's, is God only going to, imagine if God only used good people and Christians that nothing would get done. His kingdom wouldn't move if it wasn't for sinners. Isn't that an amazing thought to you? How do we know this? It's all over the scripture. It's the opposite of what you think. So we have to think about that. So Samson comes out of the sands last week and he says, uh, you're, you make bad choices, things go bad. This is why we have the Bible, do you know that? It tells you to do certain things. If you do these certain things, that your life will be better and you can keep running the race. And your life will, be, will make a difference. See, there's a whole lot of people's story right now thinks, well, this has started out really bad for me. I'm not good. I've done these bad things. I'll never. Listen, listen, your story can change in a moment. And God's looking for sinners. He's looking for those stories. You need to share those stories. Understand God wants to rewrite one. So you have to think like that as we walk into this. So you may, yeah, we made bad choices. Is there anybody here who hadn't made one? There's none in the stands. <laughs> that should be there according to the religious crowd. Did you know that? They would have never picked, who, who would have had a meeting and said, let's send everybody to the house of Rahab, the harlot. Let's do that. They would have never done that. That's just part of the story, just a little of the story of what God was about to do. And so we know choices have been made. Samson, how did he make? He made it on the last day. He made it in the stands on the last day. You know what he did? He said, God, do you remember me? Because he was born for greatness. He was going to take care of the children of Israel. He was going to take care of the Philistines. He was the first Superman. He had it all, and he left it. The reason why God needed Samson is because he's got to get Jesus to Bethlehem. The whole Old Testament is to get Jesus to Bethlehem so he can die for you guys and me so we can come to church. How did it work out? Pretty good, didn't it? Here we are. But Samson, the last day, he said, you remember me? He said, yeah. He said, God, one more time. One more time. And he gave him his strength back. And he killed thousands of Philistines. I know it sounds pretty bloody, but we got to get Jesus to Bethlehem because these are wild nations, and we'll talk about that. I was blind to the nature of God. This is what happened to Samson. He didn't realize how much God actually loves. It's amazing to me how much God loves the sinners who loves the prostitutes and whatever you think's not good. He loves them, he wants to get to them. He pursues them every day. He uses people like you to pursue the people that need God. But we're so busy thinking this is what happened. He said, this is the hindrance. You got to thinking that you're religious. That you're good and you should be hang, shouldn't hang with those people. You shouldn't be around those people. Don't hear what I'm not saying. You have to be careful, of course. But God loves the sinners. That's why he hung out with them. That's why he had such a hard time with the religious people. Because they, they, judged, they judged them. They made rules so they could be better than everybody else. And God went right to the sinners. Listen, there's no one in the crowd <laughs> that should be there, according to the religious people. 
You have to understand this is the nature of God. It's totally opposite of what we are thinking. And you have to know that. The Jewish nation was made and created by God through Abraham in order to do one thing, was get Jesus Christ to Bethlehem to die for you. You see, God loves those other nations. He does love, and that's why he wanted Jesus to be born so everybody could have a chance, not just the Jews. But it was tough getting there because there was nations were so wild and, and Israel was so wild They created their own stuff. They made their own things. They made their own gods and made their own rules. I'll tell you about that in just a minute. So he drops in the Ten Commandments. He says, no, I need you to be different and separate because I got to get Jesus Christ to Bethlehem. And year after year and generation after generation, more and more people would rise up and people would be here and people would be there and leaders would come here and they would take over this land, take over that land. And each time they did, they kept moving a little bit closer to Bethlehem. In the middle of all this. And that's what was happening. And so here we go. So we've got to think about this. So this was in the New Testament. This was amazing. He said, so where does this lead the philosopher? So all you thinkers out there, none of this really makes any sense how God operates. He takes the worst of the worst, the unworthy, and creates a nation out of them. And then he brings a savior through them and he's crucified and rises again on the third day so that not just the Jews can have salvation, but everybody can have it. Even the Philistines he killed. And the Canaanites today, we will will take care of the Canaanites today in an amazing way you would not believe. He said, the scholars and the world's brilliant debaters, you you know a debater? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Do you... Do you really know the nature of God and how he thinks? Why did Jesus hang out with sinners? It was an amazing thing, isn't it? I'm so glad he loves sinners because I fit right in that one. You know, right there. We're all in there. I'll tell you what's been hard for me is the religious side. I was raised in church. To be able to see people the way God sees them, that is so hard. He loved the sinners. It's amazing the stories that he has changed people's lives. Yeah, it starts out bad, but it sure can end up well. You will see beyond belief today. You will see. So here we go, Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. Anybody any discussion? Got that? There were several different kinds of prostitutes. We will talk about that. So here's what happened. Joshua's in charge of the Jews. They're taking land now. Now they got to go. They're going to take Jericho. If you've never heard of Jericho, Jericho, the, uh, the walls come tumbling down. If you don't know this story, it's a big old place. The walls are 12 feet, feet thick. And so we're going to take this. This is what he's thinking. So Joshua, the son of Nun, secretly sit from, I'm just going to say this word, shit him. So y'all can say I cussed today or whatever. I don't know. Two men as spies go look over the land, Okay. He's going to send us some Navy SEALs to help you out. He's got some really, they really did. There was some really, these people, they had it together. They knew how to fight and they had God. So they sent in some Navy SEALs. Check out the Jericho. They left and arrived at the house of a harlot named Rahab and stayed there. God was looking for the house of a prostitute to send in the Navy SEALs. You would have not done that. 
We'd had a church meeting, and they said, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Do you think that's a good idea? So Rahab, known as the harlot, now this is an interesting thing. The walls are 12 feet thick. Her house is in the wall, in the wall, and she has a little window up there. And of course, that window was very important to the story. So why would God send spies? There's a whole lot of reasons why he, could, he didn't have to do any of this, but there was a reason why he did it all. But he sent the Navy SEALs in to this house, this harlot named Rahab. Now, we don't know why she's, why she's a prostitute. I have a good idea later in the story. There was a lot of people in her family. I think she was supporting them, okay? I don't know what that means or somebody forced her into it. But it was a great place to send Navy SEALs because they were used to men coming and going out of that house. So they went to this house Rahab saw them and said, y'all not from around here, are you boys? And they were not. So they came into the house. Now, let me tell you a couple of things so you need to know. So everybody's wild, right? Can you not wild? And what that meant was everybody made up their own religions. Okay, they just made it up. They worshiped anything, chairs, whatever they wanted to worship. They just created this thing. They worshiped. So there was two kinds of prostitutes. And I can tell you that a man made this religion. You ready? So there were two kinds of prostitutes. There were the prostitutes that worked in the church. They were in the temple. So part of worship was we go to church to have sex. Is that too, is that too much? And so that's what was happening. But those prostitutes were doing it out of religion and they didn't get paid. You can tell a man made this up. And so here we go. And so then we, got, then we have Rahab. Rahab was not a part of the religious part. She was not into the Canaanite religion. She didn't know anything. Listen, nobody knows God yet. Nobody knows nothing. So here she is. So Rahab was the other kind of prostitute where she got paid because she had to take care of her family. And you can judge her for whatever you want to do. It really doesn't matter how you think. It mattered how he thought. And you had no idea what's about to happen. This is the craziest story. God sends spies into a house of a prostitute named Rahab. Rahab has no idea who God is. Rahab knows nothing about it. She is a Canaanite. She is not a Jew. None of this makes any sense. And God sent the spies in. So they go into the house. This is so good. I love doing these stories. Faith loves this. They go into the house. And the king Finds out they're there. Now, what's really interesting, well, you know, men come and go all the time around here. So he sends for her. Says, you, did, did somebody come into your house? He spies and they, she put them on the roof, by the way. You know what this harlot did? She lied. What, just, what does it matter now, right? What does it matter? So we're just going to lie. No, they're not here. They left. They left. So they sent out looking for her. So the idea was, they're, they're going to take this. They, let, me, let me say this. When the, when the Jews went into a place, it was complete destruction. And a lot of times they even killed the animals. They wanted nothing to do with that culture. Why? Got to get Jesus Christ to Bethlehem. Got to keep the line pure. We got to create the line. Abraham started the nation. Now we got to create the line that's going to go through David and all the way to Bethlehem and Mary and Joseph. That's what we're looking at. That's how he's thinking. Here we go. So Rahab, Rehab, let's call it that. Rahab, Rehab, part one. 
So we know leader Joshua has sent in the spies. They know what's going on. They're going to destroy this place. Complete destruction. Complete destruction. Do you remember, nobody knows what kind of God this is. They've only heard stories about this God. So here we go. The spies, the Navy SEAL team is in. And so Rahab is figuring out, here's what she knows. And she says it later. She says, I heard about your God. I heard what he can do. I don't know him. So she said, I need to know that my family's gonna be safe because complete destruction is coming. So here's, here's the oath. An oath in those days meant it cannot be broken except by death, kind of like marriage. You got that? So they're gonna make an oath. Here we go. Now promise me by God, your God, talking about Israel's God, not anybody else. I showed you mercy. Now show my family mercy and give me some tangible proof. Tangible proof, a guarantee of my life and my father, my mother, my brothers and my sisters, everyone connected with my family, save our souls from death. She is about to have faith in some Navy SEAL spies and a God she doesn't know. Do you know why God's there now? It is faith that moves the kingdom of God. God didn't need to go there. He didn't know, need to know how thick the walls were or what was in the city. What does it matter? He's going to destroy the whole thing. And why did God go in the city? You want to know why God went in the city? Because of Rahab. Why? Because he loves people. And he loved Rahab because he knew that she was going to have the faith that, he, that she needed. She was going to trust what she had not seen, only what she had heard. The man told her, in order to keep this oath, you make, made us a swear. Made us swear, here is what you must do. First of all, she can't tell. Hang this red rope out the window through which you let us down and gather your entire family with you in your house, father, mother, brothers, and sisters. The next verse says, if you leave this house, you will die. There's hundreds of thousands of Jews coming. We don't know who's who. We're gonna destroy this place. And so you better put your red rope out. And by faith, she put the red rope out. Listen, her whole life is hanging on a red rope. You ever been that close to faith? Hold on a minute. This is a prostitute. The lowest of the low. This is an amazing story. You have no idea what's about to happen. This is what Rahab would think. this This is not the way I thought it would be. This is not the way my life was going to go. Are you there? See, this is what happened. I don't, I'm a prostitute. I'm in Canaan or whatever. I'm going to, everything's going to be destroyed. I just did not think I would end up in this place. I had better plans, I thought. And here I am. And so this is what was happening. God pursued me to be a part of his story and rewrite my own God went into Canaan, I mean, into Jericho, where the Canaanites were, for her. This is amazing. God of the universe could do anything he wanted to do, but because of his love for people and for sinners that nobody else wanted, he goes into the city. Joshua tells them what to do. He says, 
We're about to drop it. We're about to drop the walls. They're crossing, again, they're crossing a river. The river parts, it's dry land. She's heard the stories. She's heard the Red Sea. She says, I know your God has got to be something incredible. Got to be something incredible. What do I got to do to save my life? And basically they said, have faith. And that's what she did. To rewrite the story, God chose me an outsider to be part of his story. An outsider, a Canaanite, a prostitute. Would you, who, think about it, what would you do? You would, would you let this person into your house? Would we invite one of them to church? I'm just wondering how we think. This is what God, this is how he thinks and how he loves. He loves taking people who their story starts out so bad and rewrite the whole thing. He needs to hear the stories. You know what's wrong with me? I've been in church too long. I don't have enough story. I had not been bad enough. See, there's so many people that are watching right now and you may be in here. You think, I'm so bad. Well, great. Because God's gonna use you. You need to let him have your story. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. That's just even better for the story. What, what you've got to understand that you're not second class. God moved Rahab to first class. Oh, you haven't. You, you think that's cool? You just watch what happens. The providence of God is a mysterious working of God. This is what happened with her. Supernatural movement of God, not chance or luck. This is what happened. God reached in, set it up. This is what happens to all of us. This is what happened to her. Not chance or luck, but God reached in, reached into where she was and took her out by faith. This is so good. The meeting place, a place where heaven and earth collide, a place where humanity and the supernatural meet. This happens, if you were waiting on the religious and the good people to move the kingdom, then it will not move. God uses the sinners to move it all the time. Those are the people that are redeemed. Those are the people that have the story. This is what, you talk about grateful Rahab. Grateful, can you only imagine saving? She looks around there and the whole city is destroyed and she walks out and then they take her in. This is so cool. They take her in. To the, as a Jew and make her a part of the family and you think that would be enough and God says, no, it's not. You don't know how much I love. It's not enough. And this is incredible. The second part is the most wonderful thing. She was rescued. Joshua went and got her. Before they, they started doing their deal, he sent the spies back to go pull the family out. Now you gotta think there's... A, a million people here in a huge city and God's gonna do this and Joshua makes sure, this is just like God, isn't it? He makes sure, go get, go get her. And we're gonna bring her in and she's gonna be part of us. She's gonna be our, in our family. She's gonna, we're gonna make her basically a Jew. But she's a Canaanite, the outsider. Do you understand? So he brings her. And then this, this wonderful thing happens. A knight in shining armor shows up. In the middle of all this, Salmon is his name. He shows up. This is so cool, isn't it? He sees Rahab and he says, I want to marry you. 
Can you, uh, now what would you, <laughs> I got to hurry, we're going to be done out here. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you know, I was a prostitute. You know what? He didn't care. He didn't care what she had been or what she had done. The only matter is where she was now. This is how God works. So he ends up marrying her, and then she becomes a mother and a great-grandmother. Oh, here we go. Here we go. The greatest thing of all. She created the generational line. And you want to know who it went to? Watch this. You ready? Hang on. Here it comes. There it is. Took a prostitute, an outsider, and put her in the line of Jesus Christ, which is now going all the way into David. It's going to get to David, and it's going to work its way down, and it's going to be over here with Mary and Joseph. That's what that prostitute did for you. Is that amazing stuff? This is what I'm saying. When God gets a hold of your story, no matter what you've written, where it is now, he can change the whole world. This is what we got to tell people. You got to stop looking at sinners as sinners. You know, don't, tell them God can change their life and their story. He changes all of us. But Rahab had the best. Can you imagine telling the grandkids, oh, you ain't gonna believe what I saw. Can you only imagine? This is the, this right here. Let me just, let me get this. I'm gonna do the, make sure you get this all the way around. There we go. That is why we are here and these stories matter. Rahab's in the crowd. Wouldn't you like to sit by her now? <laughs> oh, that would be, I mean, you know, look, I mean, look at, look, at all the, look at all the sinners in the stands and what God did with all their stories. The Apostle Paul murdered and eloquent half the New Testament. Look at all these people who thought they had no chance and nobody cared and God rewrote their story. That's what happened. I'm not gonna read all this, but I just kind of want to show you that Rahab's in the Hall of Fame and in, she's in this thing. She's not even a Jew. What God was trying to tell you that all will be welcome. All of you will be welcome. You know why? Because I love people. That's what he's telling us. He said the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Abraham, of course, started it all. He's the father of a nation. What's really cool is that Rahab, of course, was the, started the whole generational line that came all the way to Bethlehem. You should read these stories. I'm only giving you a glimpse of what is going on. And this is so cool. If you remember Boaz, you may not know this, but the greatest love story, one of the greatest, is Boaz marries Ruth. Remember? And, these all, and here it comes. Obed, the father, and then it came down to King David, and it started the whole line all the way to Bethlehem. A prostitute, really? Mm. Let me just say this. I'm just gonna go to this here. I want you, God, to change my story. That's kind of what happened with Rahab. I don't know if you feel like Rahab or think you like Rahab, but you want somebody to change your story, God, change it. It can start out terrible and end up great. And that's what usually happens with him. I love to hear the stories of this is the way it used to be and this is the way it is now. I could love to sit down, sit down with Rahab. This is the way it was 
used to be, this is the way it is now. I got to be a part of Jesus Christ being born. Amazing. Y'all stand with me. I don't know if you have a, a story. You got a story? The stories are probably out there. They probably are. They're probably out there. And uh, I think the thing that we said in the staff, the problem of working in the church, you don't get to hang around as many sinners. And those are the ones that they really are, those stories out there. And I've gotten to hang out with more lately. It's been more fun. <laughs> I know why Jesus did it. They're crazy. I love it. But he took the worst of the worst and look what he did. That's how he works. And that's how he thinks. And that's how you got to think too. Let God change your story. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for all you're doing. Thank you for the way you just take people and you do stuff with them nobody else would even dream of or think of. So Father, I pray that we remember who we are and why we're here to move the kingdom. And we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.